club foot and pisses all over him. So yeah. it's just messy. We all know what Messi can do. A lot of flair, a lot of skill. People might forget the names, but the street certainly won't. What is it, boy? 101? Dalmatians, is that? Oh, no. Episode 101. Let me get that dog out of the fucking room. Get out of here. How you doing, Jack? Yeah, good. On a high after a very successful 100th episode. Exactly that. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. Um, Prem's back. Loving it. You're obviously not at the moment. It's good that fans are back. I'll just say that. What a lovely, generic answer. Now, people, you might be thinking, what the hell is he talking about? Room 101, dogs and Dalmatians and that rubbish. What is 101 in reference to? Well, 101, 101 follows 100, of course. And we ended our first 100 with a bang. And we wanted to start our next 100 with a bang as well. So, the topic for this one is the Premier League Hall of Fame. Tasty. Tasty. Now, I believe we've got nine Premier League clubs, if my maths is correct. Yeah, we've got uh, nine entries so far. It's quite an exclusive club, this Hall of Fame. So, uh, not all 20 teams have made it so far, but maybe later on in the season... Uh, we'll look to get a few more entries for different clubs. Definitely, definitely. Right. We kick off then with Arsenal. Who we got, Jack? For Arsenal, we've got Tom Cannon from Guna Talk TV. Here's his entry. Hey guys, Tom from the Guna Talk here. Just here to talk about who I think should join this man in the Premier League Hall of Fame from an Arsenal perspective. It took, it's incredibly difficult. It took a hell of a long time to kind of come up with an idea about who I would pick to go in this slot and in this specific kind of accolade because Arsenal have had some amazing Premier League greats. It's also difficult because as a 26-year-old, I grew up at a very young age watching The Invincibles and my kind of football knowledge and understanding of the game has developed so much in the more recent years where Arsenal have been nowhere near that kind of same level. I don't think I could put any kind of current figures uh, that played for Arsenal in the last, say, 10 years alongside many of the, the already uh, inaugurated members of that Hall of Fame. It'd be very difficult. You'd push yourself to maybe look at some of the players that won us trophies, but we didn't win, win any Premier League trophies in recent years. And that's why my pick specifically for this has to be someone that's won the Premier League and this guy has won three of them and that's Patrick Vieira. It was a choice between him and Tony Adams and and I went with Patrick Vieira because of course he has won more Premier League specific titles. But it's a really good pick because alongside Roy Keane, who has already been and been kind of put into the Hall of Fame already, he alongside him were known as kind of the two big and best central midfielders in the Premier League of their time and it's unsurprising that they became such big rivals because they were of course so good for two of the best teams in the league during that period and Patrick Vieira when he joined Arsenal was an interesting pick because he was he joined before Arsene Wenger's arrival but he had joined alongside Remy Gard another French player that kind of told us that there was something in the waters about maybe an outside influence that wasn't necessarily British influencing the players that were going to be joining Arsenal and indeed Arsene Wenger did soon follow Patrick Vieira into the club who he'd watched prior back in France back when he was managing in in France specifically and Vieira kind of was a player that he seemingly always wanted to sign in the future and he made that dream come true at Arsenal and Vieira immediately transitioned to the Premier League like a duck to water to use a horrifically old cliche Um, but he is very much a player that dominated in the middle that was physically combative but still had the technical skill to beat a man to elegantly flow through the midfield and transition the ball up the pitch much like Arsenal have needed so much over the last 15 years that only really with the signing of Thomas Partey have they come close to seeing anyone that can do that kind of football on the pitch. Vieira was someone that led 
always. And despite not being the captain when he came in, of course, Tony Adams still around, he was the effective leader in that midfield and those ahead of him. And still, alongside Adams for so long, was a leader in the dresser room for sure and was the right owner of the armband once Adams had indeed moved on. His skill on the ball was interesting. And I use that word because it was so kind of a it was really new at the time, as I've mentioned, and he took that with his industrious ability to win the ball back, to recover the ball and to tackle and to fight for the Arsenal side and, and make him an all round excellent you call you say a jack of all trades, master of number. He was a jack of all trades and master of most of them because he was just that good. As I say, he won three Premier League titles. Not really known for his goal-scoring abilities, although that didn't stop him from popping up with a fair few of absolute crackers. Remember the one against Manchester United, the curling effort into the roof of the net. I remember the two specifically in the Invincible season, the one that he scored his first goal of the season, actually, in the league against Chelsea, which was a really pivotal goal away from home at Stamford Bridge. And then there was, of course, the really famous goal against Leicester in the final game of the 2003-04 season, which secured Arsenal's unbeaten season. And it would mean that the club did go down in history. He would only leave a year later, uh, winning the FA Cup, of course, on penalties against Manchester United after a nil-nil draw after 120 minutes. But he had made his mark and is very much deserving of being in that Hall of Fame alongside Roy Keane, Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp, who were already there. And it just wouldn't really be right for him not to be picked. So my pick for this award is Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira. Palace legend, mate. Thoughts? Yeah, good choice. I think you said between him and Tony Adams, he's gone with Vieira just on number of titles. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree with that one, I think. But no, Omri. Well, on, Omri's already in there, isn't he? So, it's, yeah, it's on, on that basis. And I think he may have... He may have excluded people that have been nominated because I'm not sure if Burkamp's in yet, or but I think he's definitely been nominated for Hall of Fame as well. So on that basis, I think Vieira's got to be right up there, really. Yeah, I totally agree with that one. Fair play. Right, next up, Brighton, and we got we have got Josh from Together BHA. Hi guys, it's Josh with Together BHA uh, again. Uh, congratulations on 100 episodes and congratulations on 101. Uh, I'm sure there'll be many more episodes to come. So well done on the achievement. I know it's a big one for me. So I, I'm really happy to see that you're getting that far along. Uh, wish you all the best with, with all the podcasts that you do in the future. Uh, and today we are focusing on the Premier League Hall of Fame. Uh, so in terms of uh, what you needed from me here was which player from your club, current or past, should be inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. So this one's an interesting one, um, and it's probably obvious as to why. Uh, as an Albion fan, we've only been in the Premier League for four seasons, that we're just about to start our fifth. Uh, we've never been a successful team in the Premier League. Uh, we've never finished top half. You know, we've finished, I think, 15th or 14th was our best finish in the four seasons we've had. Uh, so picking out a player uh, that is Hall of Fame worthy um, is, to me, frankly, impossible uh, I I don't see any way, shape, or form I can pick someone who could be realistically argued uh, as a Hall of Fame player uh, anytime soon. So I've got two in mind instead. One from an Albion perspective in terms of uh, if he was to reach the Brighton Hall of Fame for his performances in the Premier League, and then one that I think could be in the Premier League Hall of Fame in the future. The first one is Lewis Dunk, uh, captain of Brighton. Should have had more appearances for England than he's had. Uh, he has been a one-club man. He said just this week uh, that he wants to retire as a one-club man. Uh, he has led us from League One all the way to the Premier League. Has been captain fantastic. Uh, he has been one of the highest scoring centre-halves since getting promoted to the Premier League. He is very good at the back. He's very good playing the ball at his feet. Uh, he's very good in a back three. He's very good in a back two. Uh, he is just, he's a goal threat. He's superb. Um, everything that you want from a center half at this level, Lewis Dunk has it. I think that in terms of genuinely having a conversation about him getting into 
other teams in the Premier League. Uh, I think there are very, very few teams uh, that Lewis Dunk would not at least make a very, very good attempt at getting into that first 11. Um, for me, he isn't a Premier League Hall of Famer, but he is as close to uh, a player that is going to get a statue outside of the Amex uh, for Brighton, and his performances in the Premier League are a huge part of that. On the other hand, someone who could end up in the Premier League Hall of Fame in the future, uh, and that is Yves Bissouma. Um, he moved over here from Lille. Uh, he's been with us for a couple of years. Um, I said when we signed him, uh, I think he is going to be our player that we sell for over £60 million. Pounds. Uh, there was rumours of him leaving for £40-45 million this summer uh, of 2021, um, and he's stayed with Brighton so far at the time of recording. Um I genuinely think one more season at us and he's probably going to leave us for 60 plus million pounds. Wherever he goes, he is going to be one of the best players in that team. And if he can go to a top six team, a top two team, you know, a Liverpool, a City, a Manchester United, a Chelsea uh, and win trophies there. Uh, Premier Leagues, Champions Leagues, Europa Leagues, whatever, FA Cups, League Cups, uh, which are, I, he's more than capable of. He is that good. Um, and anybody who doesn't believe me, just tune into any Brighton game, any one you want. You can literally pick any game you want and just watch Bissouma, and you can't tell me he isn't a class above everybody else in that team. He is just so good. Um, and if he goes to the right club and wins the right amount of trophies, uh, Bissouma genuinely could be a Hall of Famer in the future. He is that good. Um, so, again, not great in terms of an Albion perspective because he's probably going to have to do it without us. Uh, but Basuma is the man uh, who could, in the future, be inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. And from a Brighton perspective, you can't look any further than Lewis Dunk for now. Thanks for having me uh, and have a good one. Uh, I could say another Arsenal link here. He was linked to him probably early on in the transfer market. Basuma. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things from Brighton fans about him. I, I don't know. I've, I've probably not seen it myself yet. But, I mean, there's a lot of praise. Josh was on our episode 100 as well, and I think he predicted the Suma to get their club's player of the season as well. Um, he's, yeah, he's very highly rated down there. So, it's a tough one because they've not, they've not been in the league that long. So, mm. yeah, I guess... If you're looking at who's going to be a legend in the future, he might even be a, a legend for an Arsenal or a Liverpool, something like that. So, yeah, again, um, oh, I think probably Lewis Dunk's the only other one, isn't it, that could come close. My feelings on uh, Chelsea boy Lamptey. Love him. I think he's brilliant. Uh, ah, that's a shout, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Mope seems to be a player that people, I mean, he pops up here and there, gets a goal. Quite a threat. I can't see him being a, a you know, a Hall of Famer, but um, yeah, maybe Lamb too or Basuma Dunk. Right, my boys at the bridge, Chelsea. Yeah, at the bridge, friends of the pod. Let's see what Mikey's got to put forward for Chelsea. So when I was asked to put forward a name for the Chelsea inductee for the uh, Hall of Fame in the Premier League, it. I had so many names to choose from. Drogba, Gianfranco Zola, John Terry. There's so many, but there's one man who I feel stands above them all. And that's Petr Cech. Now, Petr Cech, he's got to be the first goalkeeper that gets in inducted. J just look at his record. When he joined us for £11 million, roughly, from Wren in uh, 2004, it was the start of a new era with Roman Abramovich and, obviously, what would come to be the most successful 10-year well, of all time for a goalkeeper at Chelsea. He he was absolutely outstanding. He improved our defence straight away. I mean, he played for us for 11 seasons. And he's part of a squad to win four Premier League titles, four FA Cups, three League Cups, a Europa League and a Champions League. And let's not forget how outstanding he was in that Champions League final. Of course, that's not the Premier League, so I can't really push that accolade. But if you don't want to look at that, Look at what he achieved in the Premier League era. He he didn't concede 207 of 443 games. He's a nine-time Czech Republic Player of the Year. That's more than Pavel Nedved. I mean, Ballon d'Or Pavel Nedved. 
And obviously he moved to Arsenal. And then what did he do? He went and broke the clean sheet record. Won another FA Cup there. I, I, you can't not love this guy. It's as simple as that. He's just Mr. Consistent. Whenever he was in goal, you knew that you had a safe pair of hands. He would make outstanding saves. There's one from the Javier Hernandez effort, I remember. It's absolutely... It's out of this world. You, I don't see how he saves it. I look at it now and I still don't understand. And he made another one in the FA Cup final. Again, that's not Premier League, but it just shows his ability that it doesn't matter the occasion. He will step up every game. And maybe this is a bit of bias from me as a Chelsea fan, but I'd love to hear it from other fans of just Premier League football. Can you remember Petr Cech making a mistake at Chelsea? I, I can't. I genuinely cannot remember him making an error whilst he was the goalkeeper at Chelsea Football Club. That speaks absolute volumes when you think of goalkeepers. The amount of mistakes that are made in a game are made in a season, and he never did. He's an absolutely outstanding person and an outstanding footballer. And I, for one, feel privileged I got to see him play for my team I think Arsenal are probably quite grateful. I'm going to run through a few records to close this. Most Premier League Golden Glove awards, that's four. He shares that with Joe Hart. Most Premier League clean sheets, 202. Most Premier League clean sheets at one club, 162, of course, with Chelsea. Most Premier League clean sheets in a single season, 24, which was in the 0405 campaign. He's the first keeper to reach 200 clean sheets in the league. First Premier League keeper to go 1,000 minutes without conceding a goal. The fastest goalkeeper to reach 50 clean sheets. The fastest to reach 100 clean sheets. He's the only goalkeeper to have won the Premier League Golden Glove with different clubs as well. Petr Cech, he has to have that induction into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Going safe with a safe pair of hands. Take into account what he's doing for the club at the moment. In terms of transfers and getting ins and outs. Going to Arsenal, ruining their Europa League chances. Uh... You know, being an absolute legend of a keeper at Chelsea, I can't argue with Petr Cech. Still on your books, isn't he? He's, st- he's still, yeah, he's still, I think he's like our third choice keeper. Yeah, it didn't, cause we were talking about this, weren't we, about players um, that had retired and come back, and he, he's another one. But I think that is actually the reason he can't be nominated, because he's still an active player, because I, I can't think of a keeper that would be more deserving, really. He's got all the records, doesn't he, for the goalkeepers in the Premier League? Yeah. Uh, personally, I think he's the best uh, Premier League keeper. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I cannot argue with Petr Cech. Um, obviously, Lamps has been nominated, JT. Drogba, has he been nominated? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, actually. There's quite a few you can say. Ashley Cole... I think Cole probably has been nominated. Yeah, there's a fair few, but um, yeah, I think Czech is very, very good shout. Right, our local team, the boys in red and blue. Who we got? Yeah, this will be interesting. Uh, it's Mig Tavius, who is going to talk about Crystal Palace. All right, lads, Mig here again. This time, the guys have asked me to make an argument for a Palace player to make it into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now, like a few clubs in the league, uh, this could be difficult. Uh, My immediate thought was the living legend himself, Mr. Ian Wright, um, but he never actually played for Palace in the Premier League, so I guess he doesn't count. Um, He had already left us for Arsenal by then. Um, The next name that came to mind was obviously Wilf Zaha, best player of the team at the moment. Uh, leading appearances in the league, top scorer in the Premier League for Palace. Um, He'd be a natural choice. Um, But there's also Andy Johnson, the bald eagle himself, uh, who I actually share a birthday with, fun fact. Um, He was four goals off tying the golden boot in the 2004-05 season with current Hall of Famer Thierry Henry, uh, an exceptional season for him, not even more so uh, when you think that we were relegated on the last day of that season. So he was pretty much the only one doing anything for the team that year. Um, 
but there's many other names to pick from. Uh, Jeff Thomas, a legend on and off the pitch. Uh, Chris Armstrong, Julian Speroni, you know, etc., etc. I could go on. But they would all make it into the Palace Hall of Fame, not really into the Premier League one. Uh, to do that, I think you need to do something that would be remembered for years to come uh, by fans of the league, not just fans of the club. Uh, when thinking about that, only one thing came to mind. A faithful night in 2014... The 5th of May, to be exact, Liverpool came to South London looking to secure another win on the road to their first Premier League title and first league title for like 239 years or whatever it is. Always going well for them. 3-0 up. 3-0 up with only 11 minutes of normal time to go. Even a wonder strike. Uh, from Delaney wasn't really a concern to them, you know. Ten minutes to go, three one up, easy three points. But then one man, one man stepped up and wrote his name into Premier League folklore. Dwight Gale is my pick to represent Crystal Palace in the Premier League Hall of Fame. Not only did he score a memorable brace to give that game a three all finish. Not only did he help halt the Reds push for the title, much to the cheers from Manchester and the other half of Merseyside to say the least, but he should have his place enshrined in the hallowed halls for that image of Luis Suarez crying at the end of the game. For that image alone, Dwight should have his own wing or maybe his own tier of the building as it were. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, that that was terrible. But but my argument stands up, I think. If making Luis Suarez cry doesn't get you into the Premier League Hall of Fame, then honestly, I, I don't know what does. So, on that note, just let me know when the induction ceremony for Dwight is, and I'll dust off my bow tie. Uh, <laughs> uh, cheers, guys. Have a good summer, and I'll see you all at Dwight's induction into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Surely this should go to Denver Bar, right? <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's a solid argument. But, uh, yeah, Tom will love that, won't he? The Chris Ball reference. Yeah. We haven't had one of them in a while, so it was probably overdue. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. Palace have had a lot of good players, haven't they, that have gone on to play... You've had, you could even say like Ian Wright, Ashley Cole have played for Palace and even like Wan Bissaka could become Premier League legend as well. I, I honestly thought he was going to say Wilfred Zaha, but yeah, I, I like where he's taking it. It's I'm... purely for one one game, isn't it? But what a game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a random one. I do like it. But um, yeah, surely Zaha would be the one if anyone, on a realistic level, but yeah, it it was a it was a beautiful game, a beautiful moment um, in football. I think everyone agrees, except for the Liverpool fans. Yeah, fair enough. To White Gale, where's he at now? Is is it Newcastle or is he long gone? I, I think he's still at Newcastle, but he might be on loan somewhere. He was touted to be the next Wonder Kid, wasn't he? Like he was. Yeah. Yeah. Shame. Um, right, Scouseland, Everton. I've got a feeling yeah. who's going to say. But go on, then, who is it? So we've got Jim Keown. He was on episode 100 as well. He's got a book out at the minute, How to Run a Football Club. Uh, and, yeah, let's see who he puts forward for the Toffees. The player I'd like to nominate from Everton for the Premier League Hall of Fame is Duncan Ferguson. Ferguson first came to the club back in 1994. He came on loan from uh, Rangers, and when he first arrived, he really wasn't much. He looked disinterested and not asked, and I think his eye was more on Rangers than Everton. Uh, and I think most fans were fully expecting his kind of his three month loan period to come to an end, and and off he went. Um, and then in November '94, uh, Everton at, at the time we were bottom of the league because um, we'd 
been managed by Mike Walker, who was just the worst manager we've, we've ever had. Um, and Joe Royal are coming to the club. And um, we were playing Liverpool. It was flying high and you know, most people thought they battered us. And uh, Ferguson played. And again, in the first half, not much. Didn't seem to be bothered. And then halfway through the second half, he got tackled from behind by Neil Ruddock. And just something flipped. He, he kind of got up from the... Uh, the, the deck and he just looked furious really angry and about five minutes later he scored his first goal for Everton which was a bullet header um, at the Gladys Street end and the crowd just erupted and um, we went on to win that game and then the game after and the game after and we put this run together that saved our season We not only did we not go down we also won the FA Cup that season and Ferguson was sort of he was totemic during the whole process, he was kind of the the kind of the player that we put our faith, and he seemed to represent this uh, this sort of resurrection of the club. And I think part of it was uh, the fact that Everton, prior to his arrival, we'd been quite a a small team full of players like Beardsley and Tony Cotty and Mark Ward, and then suddenly you get this massive lumbering beast who sort of. Cut from the same cloth as past Everton heroes, thinking of people like Dixie Dean, Joe Royal, Bob Latchford, Graham Sharp, Andy Gray. This massive Everton number nine who was not frightened to, to put his head in places where most people wouldn't put their feet. Um, so I think from that point on, there was a, there was a connection with the fans that, and we got that sense that he, he got what Everton meant to us. He, he felt the same thing. The weird thing about Ferguson is that during his kind of his Everton career, he didn't play as much as he should. He didn't score that many goals. I mean, he was frequently injured. He was often suspended. He spent time in jail during his kind of first few years with the club because of an incident that had taken place when he was playing for Rangers. So he wasn't prolific, and he wasn't. He didn't feature, you know, that frequently. He left the club. For a period when he was sold to Newcastle again, which caused outrage amongst the fans. But during the nineties, there wasn't a great deal to celebrate at Everton. We went, you know, we were going through a transition from being a, an elite club to relegation fodder. You know, we started the nineties as you know recent champions. By the end, we were a joke, um, and so, you know, during this time, Ferguson was pretty much all we had. So a lot of a kind of our our emotion was poured into him, and he really mattered. I mean, I, I've seen I've seen grown men reduced to like little giggling kids in in Ferguson's presence because he's just he has that effect on us. Um, and obviously since he he left the club and then came back as a coach during our kind of recent uh, period of kind of turbulence, he's been the one constant that kind of, that the the fans feel like there's somebody in the dugout who feels what they feel. Uh, and you saw that when he took charge last uh, a few seasons ago, um, that game against Chelsea, when we, again we were near the bottom of the table and things were bad, and suddenly the you the team produced this Ferguson esque performance of just you know blood, sweat, and 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 giving everything for the shirt. So he's not the most technically accomplished player of the kind of the past thirty years, and he he wasn't prolific. He didn't play that that often but he he meant the world to Evertonians and I think he always will I weren't expecting that No, I was thinking Rooney yeah exactly that's right I was a bit confident there (laughs) but yeah no you're right yeah big dunk hard as nails of course yeah if you look back a few episodes top 10 Premier League hard men he's in there yeah he's well up there isn't he he's uh, not someone you'd want to play against as a defender no not at all People say Tim Cahill. <laughs> Could Arteta possibly be in there? Do you know what? No. <laughs> 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 I was think. I mean, he's, play, he's played. In the, he's played in the league for years, Arteta, hasn't he? But he just sort of ticked along. Um, Cahill's one of these I think, cult heroes. Yeah. A bit like Big Dunk, I suppose, in a way as well. But, yeah. Maybe because of the wave. What's that? They're full of cult heroes, really. Yeah, yeah. Slaney. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's no one else really that can possibly get in that in that team. 
I was first thing I thought was um, obviously Rooney. Then I thought Yakubu. I don't know. He he's the first person I thought for some reason. Maybe it's just nostalgia. Um, yeah, big yak. Right. Next up, then back to Scousland again, isn't it? Got, got Chris, Chris from the Yellow Card Podcast. Hey, everybody! It's Chris Jones from the Yellow Card Podcast here to provide uh, another for the FT LOL Podcast. Uh, big thank you again to them for uh, having me on. Um, the guys are great. Make sure you guys are following them on everything as well. But today we're talking about the Premier League Hall of Fame. And basically what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you my player who I believe will be inducted into the Hall of Fame from the Premier League from my team, Liverpool. So for me personally, you know, just going down the list, I can make the argument for Kenny Dalgish. I can make the argument for Ian Rush. I can make the argument for a bunch of players that have played um, for Liverpool all time. But I think one thing that I'm going to do and I'm going to look at here is I'm going to look at the potential that um, this guy has left in the tank for Liverpool and what he's done so far for Liverpool has been tremendous. And I think that he has some serious consideration for the Premier League Hall of Fame down the line. And that is um, winger Mohamed Salah. And here's why Mohamed Salah has played 145 games with Liverpool uh, obviously, he's still only 28 years old. He has plenty more time left for that, for Liverpool if he decides to stay there. Hopefully, God bless Mohamed Salah. Please stay there. Um, but in those 145 games, he has 95 goals and 33 assists. He has scored no less than 19 goals in a single season for us in the four years that he's been here. And since he's been here, Liverpool has finished no lower than fourth in the Premier League as well, including winning a Premier League title for the first time in a very, very long time. So personally, I sit here and I look at, you know, what you need for the Premier League Hall of Fame. And some of the requirements are to have appeared in more than 200 Premier League appearances for one club, um, Premier League Golden Boot or Golden Glove, been voted as Premier League Player of the Season, um, 100 Premier League goals or goalkeepers that have recorded 100 clean sheets. So those I've seen, for most law, most law will hit the 100 Premier League goal mark at some point uh, in the 2021-2022 campaign. Um, he is a, I believe, a two-time Golden Boot winner in the Premier League. I could be mistaken, but Mohamed as well. And then, you know, the, the Premier League player of the season, he could potentially do it. Um, we could see him. He's already a champion in the Premier League. We could see them again, potentially being champions again down the road, as long as they put a couple more pieces together around them. But all in all, I just think the way that Mohamed Salah has played um, in his 145 appearances with Liverpool, I think that just the way that he's able to create opportunity after opportunity, not only for himself, but for his teammates from time to time, I think is tremendous. I think Liverpool desperately – needs a guy like this for the future. And, you know, with him being 28, going to be 29, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. So I think we can still see this kind of production for Liverpool um, for a few more seasons now as well. And I think by the end of it, by the end of his run at Liverpool, we could potentially see him being um, not only the player in Liverpool history with the most goals all time, but we could see him, as one of the greats to ever put on a Liverpool jersey. So that's from me here at um, Yellow Park Card Podcast. My name is Chris Jones. Big thanks again for the FTLOL podcast for having me on again. Um, make sure that you guys check them out every week because they're fantastic. Um, if you want to follow the Yellow Card Podcast, our Twitter at Podcast Card, um, we're picking up some steam, but not the LOL. They're, they've been great, and I'm excited to do more collabs with these guys because they're just two genu genuine human beings. But, uh, yeah, no, thank you again. And um, it's Chris Jones signing off. Yeah, Chris is very, very high on, on my Salah. I think he, he raved about him in our last episode as well. I think we've been on their podcast before and he was he was raving about him then. I mean, he is a, he is a very good player. Oh, it's hard with Liverpool. They've got a lot of 
lot of legends, haven't they? I, I don't know who's been nominated, to be honest. If Owen has or um, Carragher, people like that. So maybe he's, he's just picked it out of who he could out of the current lot. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought Carragher because obviously Gerard's already nominated. Yeah, Carragher would have been the one, and Owen. You could argue Fowler. Do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I saw a, a poll on Twitter today, actually, uh, from a, quite a big Liverpool account that said who's better out of Fowler and Salah, and Salah absolutely swept the floor with Fowler, and there was thousands of votes on it, but yeah, I don't know if that's recency bias or not, to be honest. Yeah, you, you can never tell those Twitter polls. Probably a lot of yeah. Arsenal fans jumping on it, but um, yeah. Salah's a good shout. I can see that. And obviously, he's won them the, the Premier League and the Champions League. You can't really argue. He's going to go down in history. Yeah. Uh, right. A massive rival to Liverpool, Man United. Yes. We've got another friend of the podcast, Jake, from What If Football. Hello, Jake here from What If Football. And I've got the very arduous task of picking a Manchester United player to be selected for the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now, as we know, we've got Roy Keane, Eric Cantona, David Beckham already in the Hall of Fame. The hairy-chested elephant in the room, Ryan Giggs, for obvious reason, hasn't been inducted yet. And in terms of nominations for the first class, the first Hall of Fame class, we had Peter Schmeichel, Paul Scholes, Andy Cole, Rio Ferdinand, Emmanuel Vidic, and if you can count them, Michael Owen and Robin Van Persie. So I won't be selecting any of those as they've already been recognised, really. So, as I say, it's hard task. There's been four fantastic Manchester United Premier League squads, the first of which Mark Hughes, Brian Robson, Steve Bruce, Gary Pallister perhaps came a bit too soon for the first two especially. And um, I'm going to pick a player from the treble winning team, not one of the Class of 92 members like Gary Neville. Dwight York was a fantastic goal scorer, scored goals everywhere everywhere where he went really. Uh, but I'm going to pick Dennis Irwin, who was the ultimate left back, probably Manchester United's greatest ever left back. He won Countless Premier League titles, great from a set piece, fantastic defender, good penalty taker as well. And um, he deserves to be in there. I don't think he will get quite a lot of recognition that he does deserve, but he's probably the best left back in Premier League history, probably behind Ashley Cole in that one. But in terms of Manchester United's overall history, the greatest ever left back. In terms of other nominations, you've got Ruud van Nistelrooy from the team after him, who he doesn't get enough love either. If he'd have had a longevity in the Premier League, he would have been known as perhaps one of the greatest goal scorers in Premier League history in terms of goals to game ratio. And the second Champions League winning team under Sir Alex Ferguson, you've got, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, perhaps again, didn't have the longevity at United at least. Patrice Evra, United's second greatest left back. Van der Sar, Wayne Rooney, Michael Carrick, the last two, Rooney and Carrick, probably among the most underrated Premier League players in its history. And there you go. My pick, Dennis Irwin. Special shout out for Michael Carrick as well, who does have the longevity. And again, like Irwin, does fly under the radar when we discuss Premier League legends. I like this one. Old school. And yeah, very, it's a bit, very player. bit left field, but he has said, to be fair, he said that he listed quite a lot of names that he couldn't really pick because they're either in there or been nominated. So I think he said Schmeichel, uh, Skulls, Van Persie. So I suppose there's from so that many. point of view, yeah, there's, there's so many. And I, Irwin hasn't been nominated yet. So he's up there, isn't he? One of the best left-backs in history, definitely. Yeah, 100%. He's a solid player. Um, yeah, it's a shame not many more people know about him. I don't think this generation really know about him. But yeah, solid player. Um, there's no one really, like like I just said, there's so many from Man United. You know, if you was born, if you're now 10 years old, you may not think Man United are a good team or have been a good team. But honestly, they were the team that dominated, um, dominated Prem for years. And they're a massive club. And, that hence the reason why there's probably so many nominees for players to be in the Hall of Fame. So um, I like that shout of all the people that you can possibly pick. Right, your favourite. I'll let you introduce them. <laughs> uh, it's my favourite FPL podcast. 
<laughs> definitely not my favourite team. Uh, we've got James from Planet FPL, who, of course, supports Tottenham. So, yeah, let's see who he's got in for his Tottenham nomination. If, it, if it's not this guy, then cancel the whole podcast. Hi there, it's James Linden from the Planet FPL podcast here, here to talk about which Tottenham Hotspur player I believe should be inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. They're going to go for a bit of an unusual one because it's a it's a current player. And I know really when we're inducting players into the Hall of Fame, we should pick ex-players. But this player will 100% definitely be entered into a Premier League Hall of Fame. The player is Harry Kane. The only real alternative I could think was Gareth Bale because of his outstanding particular 2010, 11 and 2012, 13 seasons. But Harry Kane as a goal scorer has been absolutely phenomenal for Tottenham and for England. I believe he's likely to go on and break Wayne Rooney's England goal scoring record. And he's obviously got every chance of breaking Alan Shearer's all-time Premier League goal scoring record. Shearer's currently on 260 goals from 441 appearances. Kane currently is seventh on the list with 166 goals in 245 appearances. Currently trails Arsenal's Thierry Henry by nine goals. He'll obviously overtake that. He's certainly going to hit 200 or so. And I think the only thing that will stop him breaking Shearer's record, which is obviously monstrous and a lot of people have thought would possibly never be beat, would be injuries. That's the only thing that's likely to hamper Kane. Looking at their records as a comparison, Shearer's 260 goals in 441 appearances is a ratio of 0.59 goals per game. Kane is currently running at a rate of 0.68 goals per game. And of the top goal scorers in Premier League history, the only player who can actually match that goals per game record is Arsenal's Thierry Henry, or I'm sure Arsenal fans would probably nominate Thierry Henry, although I believe he's already in that Hall of Fame. And one interesting aspect as well, in terms of his legendary status at Tottenham, should he stay for a couple more years, and at the moment, at the time of recording, it's very doubtful he could well leave this summer for Manchester City. He's got every chance of breaking the great Jimmy Greaves' top goal-scoring record for Tottenham, which has stood for over 50 years. Greaves scored 220 goals in 321 matches. Kane is on 166 goals from 242 games. It means he currently trails Greaves' record by 54 goals. And the amazing aspect of that as well, Jimmy Greaves is considered arguably England's greatest and most natural goal scorer of all time. Greaves' goals per game record whilst at Tottenham was 0.69 goals per game. Kane's record at Tottenham is 0.69 goals per game. Suggests that the 54 goals that he needs to make up to catch Greaves can actually be achieved inside two years, as long as Tottenham uh, maintain playing European competition and Kane plays in those competitions. So Harry Kane, for me, the best goal scorer I've seen at Spurs. And I think when I look back on it in the future, probably will look back and go, the best player I've, I've seen play for Spurs. One of the things I've been very lucky and blessed with as a Tottenham fan over the last 30 years, I've seen a lot of rubbish, but I've seen some extraordinarily good forwards from Lineker to Sherringham to Klinsman to Keane, Defoe, Berbatov. But Kane is better than all of them. He honestly really is. There's nothing he can't do in front of goal. So Harry Kane, uh, a little bit early, but would be my nomination as a Tottenham entry into the Premier League Hall of Fame. It's that guy. It had to be that guy. Mr Harry Kane. I don't know how he'll feel soon with him pushing away a move to City. But yeah, you can't have anyone else. I mean... Would Son even get in that category, do you think? I think he'd have to probably do what he did last season for another three or four seasons and then and then we can speak about it. But yeah, I think Kane is is gonna be that guy and he I think he's gonna come very close to breaking Shearer's record if he doesn't. I mean he's well, he's probably about ninety goals behind, something like that. So he could do it. That's, that's four seasons for Harry Kane, really, to to do that in. So, yeah, he's he's destined to to break all sorts of goal scoring records. But I don't think it'll be at Tottenham. Nah, um, and I think out of the names that we've said, um, apart from 
Vieira and Czech. So that is debatable. I think Kane is one most likely to get in. Yeah, yeah. Last team then. Yeah, we've got Dom from Detailed on Mike. How's he got the intro? Let's see. Yeah. Not ready to talk, yeah? It's your boy Dom Hocus from the Detailed on Mike podcast. And today I'm here to talk about who I think from my club, West Ham United, should be inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Now, we ain't really got much to choose from at West Ham. You know, when you think of West Ham, you think of players like Bobby Moore, Jeff Hurst. If we're talking old school, if we're talking more new school, we're talking Paolo Di Canio. We're talking maybe a Teddy Sheringham. We're talking a Mark Noble. Even more recent, we're talking Dimitri Payet. But the player I'm going for that I think has put on a West Ham shirt but should be in the Hall of Fame is Carlos Tevez. Now, he helped us with a great escape, but my reasoning for putting him in the Hall of Fame is what he went on to do afterwards. He then went on to play at Manchester United. I think he won two Premier Leagues and the Champions League with with Man United. And was in arguably one of the best Premier League teams ever. That team won, I think they won the Premier League the season before he came. And then he won back-to-back Premier Leagues, won the Champions League. And then controversially, he went over to the other side of Manchester, Manchester City. And also helped them you know, start to build their dynasty and won a Premier League champ, um, won a Premier League title with them. Aside from that, he is an absolute maverick, an absolute character, someone that everyone, if you talk to Premier League fans, absolutely loves. gives an abs- gives absolutely everything for his team. It's just an absolute joy to watch. One of the only strikers I've ever known to wear tiempos. Such a cool character in front of goal. An absolute rat. (laughs) An absolute troublesome person to to deal with. You know, famously in the Champions League at Man City saying he doesn't want to come on and then going on holiday for six months to play golf and coming back and scoring. I think he's one of, you know, Premier League legends. And people still talk about now, you know, him kind of dividing Manchester off going from Man United to Man City. So, yeah, for me, an amazing player, an amazing character, got an amazing background story. If you if you know about kind of where Carlos Tevez grew up and, you know, his upbringing and childhood and stuff. So for me, the player from West Ham, past or present, that I would put in the Premier League Hall of Fame, Carlos Tevez. Love that intro. Love it. The choice of player, though, baffles me a bit. Although you did explain why. So, um, yeah, Carlos yeah. Tevez. I think if he was going to go down that route, there's a few he could have picked. I mean, obviously, he couldn't have picked Lampard because he's already in there. I think Rio's got nominated. But, you know, some people are putting in people that are not in there yet that have been nominated, some aren't. And then you've even got, like... Mascarano. I think Michael... What's that, sorry? Mascarano, arguably. In it, but I, I would have probably thought Michael Carrick as well. He could have... Yeah. Decanio, I'm surprised he didn't say Decanio, to be fair, of all West Ham players. Yeah. There's no one else I think of, really. West Ham. Um, Joe Cole? Was he, was he there? Not, was he? Yeah, he was there for a while, wasn't he? He's, yeah. And he I don't know back. about Joe Cole. He's very, very talented. I think he didn't necessarily make the most out of it, but he had a very good career still. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. But, um, yeah, Tevez, as a player, fucking phenomenal. Like, um, 
he was your I, I don't know to me he was like the first version of your type of Suarez your Costas your first person I saw anyway um apart from like your Cantonas where he was that kind of brutal strong player up front do you know what I mean like um with a bit yeah. of personality yeah well it's quite a South American thing isn't it and from memory, he was probably the first South American striker to come in. I mean, I know we had Janinho at Middlesbrough, but he was more playmaker, flair player, not not really a, a bulldog of a striker or a pit bull of a striker even so much. But yeah, uh, he I can't think of anyone that came in before from South America that really hit the ground running. And it used to be that was the thing that people, when they came over from there, flopped because Veron was a big flop, wasn't he? And there was a couple of others too from from Brazil and stuff. But we're seeing a lot more of that now. Them having success. Yeah, they are. They're um, usually quality players, but demand a lot of money. Um, yeah, I'm happy with that. I think there's some good shouts in that in those lists. I don't know. I think um, you can always make a team out of that. Very attacking, though. <laughs> check, check, yeah. Checking goal. Assuming you're going to have to play him centre-back. They're going for a nine-a-side. <laughs> Dwight Gale up front with uh, Harry Kane. Tevez playing Cam. Irwin, wing-back. Duncan Ferguson beating up the uh, other players. Yeah, that's, that's all good. But, um, yeah, that's it. That's 101. Do not keep this in a box, like the traditional 101, room 101, sorry. Share it. Spread it. Give it to people. Thank you very much for listening. As I just said, share it. Give us a five-star rating Apple podcast or whatever platform you listen to. But the one key thing, Jack, what have they got to do? Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it.